It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in to another edition of Locked On Titans. Jimmy Morris joined as always by Terry Lambert. Terry, how are you? Doing pretty good. What's going on? Not too much, and we are joined again tonight by Justin Mello. Again, you can follow him on Twitter at JustinM underscore NFL. You can follow his work on The Draft Wire, and you can follow that on Twitter at The Draft Wire. Justin, what's going on tonight? Well, boys, glad to be back. Yeah, thanks so much for joining us again. All right, so last night we talked a little bit about just the overall Titans offseason, the Titans draft needs, and got into some of the edge prospects that they could be possibly considering at 25 and beyond. Tonight we're going to maybe go a little bit more rapid fire with um, with guys that the Titans have been connected to visits or you know workouts that they've done at different pro days or whatever. Before we jump in, again, MusicCityMiracles.com. Terry and I right there covering the Titans for SB Nation. You can follow us on Twitter. I'm at MCM. Terry's at TLambertFB. Um, and Justin's a, a, the perfect guy to have on. Uh, for this conversation because he's really plugged in with these guys and has done a lot of interviews. Go back to last night's episode. He gave you kind of a, some tidbits about Harold Landry that we didn't know. So uh, really cool to have him back to talk about this. Okay, so last night we talked a little bit about receiver, and it, it, it's interesting that the Titans seem to be doing a lot of work on the you know top receivers in this draft. Now, this is not a, a loaded wide receiver class. It doesn't even have you know the top three like last year's draft did. But, you know, some guy, maybe a guy or two will go in the first round, and then there'll be a few guys that go in the second. And the Titans have at least shown some type of interest in in a couple of those guys. So we're going to start kind of that conversation off. And, you know, again, just kind of to reset the receiver thing, we feel very confident in Corey Davis. Injuries limited him last year. Uh, the offensive scheme was terrible. So we're, you know, trying not to judge anybody too much on what they did last season. You've got Rashard Matthews, obviously a solid number two. Um, behind that, you've got question marks. I mean, we we think that that Taewon Taylor has a chance to be good, um, but again, limited last year just, I, I think, by the scheme more than anything else. Uh, you've got Tajay Sharp, who started off good in his rookie year, kind of slowed at the end and then missed all of last season with injury. So, you know, guys, they got some talent there, but you've got question marks. We talked a little bit last night. makes sense to bring in maybe a veteran guy to add here, maybe not necessarily a, another young guy, but if they've got a guy that they feel like fits and it's a weapon that they need, I wouldn't be surprised to see the Titans go that direction. I would be surprised to see them go there at 25, but maybe not in the second round. So uh, Cortland Sutton, I think, is, for most people, the number one receiver in this class. Again, the Titans have been connected to him. Justin, kind of give us your thoughts on him. Yeah, Cortland Sutton's a guy that I really, really like and I have throughout the entire process. Uh, you know, the, the big questions surrounding him were, his ability, you know, can he create separation and long speed? I think those were the two things that most were concerned about him. thought it was very big for him that he went combine, you know, kind of put those questions to bed, in my opinion. Ran the 40-yard dash in 4.54 seconds. Uh, Three-cone time was excellent. I believe it was in a, a round of 6.57. Really excellent time for his size. This guy was, you know, 6'3", 218 pounds. I think very similar to Mike Williams in the sense where he entered the combine where those were really the only two questions about him. Uh, put up very similar numbers for Mike Williams, actually. I think the 40-yard dash time was identical. You know, Williams ends up going seven overall uh, despite uh, last year, despite those things. I think we can see a similar uh, rise with Sutton. 
think he's a big, big riser after those combine numbers. Excellent potential here. Uh, very physical wide receiver. Really love his personality. I think he's got that alpha mega personality. Obviously, that build, you know, size and length that teams look for in a number one receiver. Uh, this is a guy who plays with a lot of size and strength. Shows up on tape. He, you know, time and time again, he wins those 50-50 balls. Uh, nightmare in the red zone, thanks to his frame. You know, he kind of uses that frame to box out the defense, uh, you know, within that 20-yard radius. So this is a guy who I think uh, has a chance to be the first receiver off the board. Really good player. Um, think he could quickly turn into a number one for a team. Still think his, uh, you know, route running is a work in progress. Didn't ask him to run the full route at SMU. But he's a guy, again, I, I've been a big fan of throughout the entire process. He's someone who I think will go early, and I'm expecting him to be a very good player at the next level. Tajay Sharp, uh, Corey Davis, uh, Taylor and Taylor, kind of cut from the same cloth in that they really put up big numbers in college. Uh, it's been a trend of, of John Robinson's to, to capitalize and, and take that production at receiver. Uh, two guys this year. Uh, cut from that cloth are Richie James from MTSU and Michael Gallup. Uh, you know, just kind of connecting the dots there. The Titans have shown interest there. Uh, if I had to bet money, that would those, one of those two guys would probably be Titans in my mind. Uh, tell us about each one of those and where you expect them to come off the board, and if there are any other guys on, on day two or day three that that kind of fit that mold. I'm a big fan of both players that you just mentioned. Uh, starting with Richie James, you know, keeping it local with an MTSU guy. This is a guy who, you know, is a Swiss Army type, uh, nice type of weapon. I mean, operated at uh, every position, uh, at receiver, operated out of the backfield, ran some wildcat, took some carries as a, you know, even looked like a traditional running back on some snaps, and was very good at doing that when they asked him to. Very smooth route runner who has a knack for making the big play. You know, at MTSU, it was very obvious he was, you know, the best receiver, best player on offense on their team, vocal point of their offense, and defenses still couldn't stop them. You know, made big play time and time again. Um, very, someone who's very, very good after the catch, very electric with the ball in his hands, picks up yards after catch. Um, you know, it, it's something that comes so easy to him. I really enjoy watching him with the ball in his hands. So much speed. He's so elusive uh, in the open field. Uh, you know, and, and to me, a guy like Richie, I've been saying it for months now, you know, he was hurt throughout 2017, missed the majority of the year, in, uh, missed the majority of the year injured, uh, undersized guy as well. But when you put on the 2016 tape, it holds up with any receiver in this class. I do not think there's a receiver in this class who has better tape than Richie James did in 2016. That's why he's a top 100 player on my board. I mean, the Titans took K1 Taylor was somewhere in the 70s last year, and I agreed with that decision. I think Richie's very similar in terms of um, skill set-wise and the amount of talent that he has to his game. Really, really like him as a player. Again, one of my favorite sleepers in this draft, top 100 talent. I think if he falls out of that top 100 range, teams will regret it. And unfortunately, I think it's probably going to happen. I think teams are going to have some questions about the injury. I think they'll probably be concerned about his size. But I do think they'll live to regret it. Uh, someone who I think is going to be a very, very good player at the next level. You also mentioned Michael Gallup, another guy I'm a big fan of. You know, a guy who plays the position. Uh, you know, he's got great size for the position. Uses his body very effectively. Very smart player. You know, knows how to gain position with his body. I mean, over the went to the combine, had a great time. You know, uh, sorry, had a great, uh, great result at the combine. 
very evident explosion I thought was something that was very evident evident within both on tape and during the testing you know 36 inch vertical uh, 10 to rod long arms you know which he uses in the red zone he's really a weapon down there comes down with 50 50 balls on a you know on a routine basis here very strong hands that he uses to pump the ball uh, one of my favorite things about him or I should say my favorite thing about him is his route running ability very smooth very crisp and another guy similar to Richie, who's very dangerous after the catch. He's someone who I think has an all-around skill set, very versatile, very good. I expect him to make an immediate impact from day one. I think, again, a very smart player. I see him as someone who's probably going to go in the second round, but relatively early. Someone who I think comes off the board in the top 50 picks, probably. All right, coming up, we will continue our conversation with Justin Mello and maybe shift gears a little bit to the deepest side of the ball. Matt Williamson brings the scouts perspective to the Locked On NFL podcast. You got to talk 2018 quarterbacks. Josh Allen has the best quarterback record aside from Lamar Jackson, but the lowest completion percentage other than Josh Rosen. He's just been a complete garbage for the most part when he's been allowed to play. Yeah, I just want to throw a couple nuggets out on Allen, and I know he's a lot bigger a lot stronger, but he kind of reminds me of early career RG3. What's kind of remarkable about Allen is he is so gifted, and he got better, I thought, this past year, which is encouraging with the anticipatory throws and the touch of his throws, but his deep ball passing is like the worst in the league. Hear Matt with co-host Brian Peacock every day on Locked On NFL. Subscribe or follow today wherever you get your podcasts. All right. So, again, we're joined by Justin Mello. He is on Twitter at JustinM underscore NFL, writes for the DraftWire at the DraftWire. I have been talking a little bit about safety being a need for this team. Uh, I, I get that the Titans have their two starters. Kevin Byard is obviously an all-pro safety. Uh, Jonathan Cyprian I don't think is very good. Um, but even even with that, you know, notwithstanding, the Titans don't have depth behind those guys currently. I'm not saying that you pick a safety at 25, but I think it would be a good idea for them to get a young safety in this draft that they think they can mold and, and can play alongside Kevin Byard in, in the next couple of years. I know they've been connected to Justin Reed. Uh, Justin, what do you think about him, and who are the other safeties in this draft that, I mean, you know, the, the top you know, two or three safeties in this draft. Yeah, I'm a big fan of Justin Reed. Uh, he's someone who I think is going to come off the board in the first round, so I don't think the Titans will have a chance at him unless they're considering taking him at 25. Uh, this is the kind of guy who can change the game in an instant. Uh, quick, twi- quick twitch athlete, and that was something that was on display uh, in, in Indianapolis at the Combine, you know, ran the 40-yard dash in 4.4 seconds flat. It's really an excellent time for a safety. He's someone, when you put the tape on, you'll see him working out of the slot, work a little as a deep middle as well. Very smooth athlete, changes direction uh, effortlessly. Someone who put the position with great instincts. That's something that I think is very important, obviously, when playing the safety position. So you're going to come up with a knock on him. The guy's got a bit of a thin frame, six foot 207. Going to have to add some muscle there. Uh, another thing that I really like about him that I don't think it's talked about enough he went to Stanford. You know, I know a couple of the guys on that team interviewed a few of them this year. Uh, you know, Stanford, obviously a very prestigious academic institution. You know, that's something he was 
challenged with on a daily basis, you know, having to bounce the academic rigors that come with attending Stanford, you know, and trying to bounce that while playing football. And, uh, you know, that's something that's very difficult, very smart guy. I imagine he's someone who's going to test really well in the interview room, who's probably going to blow coaches away with his football IQ. I talked to his teammate Quentin Meeks about him a little bit, and Meeks raved about him, and he raved about how the Stanford defense gets you ready for the next level. It's a scheme that played mostly one high, but they mixed in some zone, they mixed in some cover two. So Reed is really going to be, you know, he's really entering the NFL with a lot of experience to his name, of, you know, very versatile player. He's someone who I think is going to make a team very happy. Now, again, he's a guy who I think is going to come off the board in the first round. So if the Titans are looking for an alternative, uh, maybe round two or three, I'd stay local with, uh, you know, the kicker Tennessee, Rashawn Galvin, the guy who I think is going to be a better pro than he was a collegiate player. You know, very, very intriguing skill set. You know, Tennessee used him in a, a interesting this year, a very interesting this year, and that they used him in a number of ways. You know, they played some man coverage with him. He worked out of a slot. I even saw some snaps where he, they used him as a dime linebacker or rushed off the edge. And I, I don't imagine he's going to be used in many situations like that at the next level. But on the flip side, teams are going to like that versatility. This is a guy I know the Titans have shown interest in. I know they have something scheduled with him over the next few days. Um, he's someone who I think would make a lot of sense for them in round two or three. Very, very physical player with a very intriguing skill set. Someone who even, as I said, has the ability to cover guys one-on-one. So uh, I, I think he's someone that uh, could add a lot to the team next year. Yeah, I uh, can confirm on Golden. Uh, I covered him at Rocky Top Talk uh, last year, and the dude just carried defense. Uh, not a lot of good going on in that defense, but he, he was about the uh, the only thing they had going there. Uh, sticking in the secondary, I, th- I feel like the Titans have filled their need at cornerback. Uh, you know, you've got those top three guys set. You, you've even got your top four, maybe even your top five set. So why on earth would the Titans have a private uh, meeting with Josh Jackson out of Iowa? Can can you tell us? Can you tell us why and uh, where would Jackson fit if he were to be drafted by the Titans? Yeah, I was just as surprised as you were by the fact that they were going to be spending um, you know so much time with him. Obviously, the corner room seems to be shored up with Logan Ryan, Azori Jackson, and Nelson Butler. They've got a ton invested into the position as is. With Jackson, I imagine it goes back to, you know, doing your due diligence. He's a guy who's a first-round talent. I imagine, you know, if you were operating from a best player available uh, scenario, he's someone who's probably going to be pretty high on their board with good reason. Someone who's got a lot of length and ball skills. You know, those, those are two things that defensive coordinators obviously covet. Uh, at the next level. He's someone, when I put the tape on, I watch him play man coverage, allowed very little separation on tape. I think that's probably the best asset that he brings to the table. Another uh, you know, another, another thing about him is he's a guy who has that ability to win contested catches. I mean, he's you know, teams love turnover production coming out of the secondary. He had eight interceptions in 2017. If I had one knock on him, I, I think he could be a little more physical given his size. He's a relatively big guy, but he doesn't always play like it. I think he could, you know, do a better job getting involved in the run game and sort of being, a, you know, more willing in the tackling department. Mainly played zone at Iowa. You know, a bit of an average athlete at best, to be honest. Change of direction skills leave a lot to be desired. But again, I'm, I'm very surprised that they're spending so much time with him. He's obviously someone who, who I believe is going to be a first-round pick. I mean, maybe the team knows something we don't. And I would imagine 
it just comes back to due diligence. You know, corner is obviously a very important position of the way NFL offenses are operating right now. It's a pass-happy lead. You never have too many quarters, and my guess would be the Titans want to be prepared for all scenarios on the draft day. Uh, Malik Jefferson, another guy that the Titans have been connected to. What What are your thoughts on him? Where would he fit in this Titans scheme, and where do you think he ends up going in the draft? Well, linebacker is obviously more of a position uh, of need uh, right now on the roster than corner is. So when you're spending time with him, I think it makes a lot more sense. This is a guy who, you know, is really physically the total package. I mean, size, athleticism, physicality are all there. He checks off all those boxes. Lots of range to his game. Uh, you know, he covers a lot of ground in a short amount of time. My issue with him is right now, he's someone who I think is very raw. You know, I see him right now as a, a better athlete than football player. Yes, all the physical attributes are there, but to me, they outweigh what he did on tape. There's not a lot of good that I saw on tape with this guy, and he's not someone personally that I would draft before the third round. The processing speed just isn't there for me right now, and it's obviously so important playing the linebacker position. I interviewed a linebacker today who, who said to me, hey, you know, playing this position, we're the quarterbacks of defense. I thought that was a very interesting statement, and I think that's very true. Linebacker is someone who's got to be, you know, uh, got to be able to process things in a quick manner. And you, you really are. You have to be an excellent communicator. You have to be an excellent leader. And for me, I just don't see those areas with him right now. I think he's someone who's probably going to get drafted earlier than the third round. Again, I'm not really comfortable taking him before the third round, but I see him going in the second. I think a team will bet on his athletic traits and hope they can kind of fill the rest out. A uh, guy that we've seen a lot in mock drafts, but we hadn't really seen the Titans connected to visit-wise, and, and maybe you can tell us differently, uh, Rashawn Evans out of Alabama. Uh, a guy that makes sense if all the edge rushers are gone. You know, there's still somewhat of a needed linebacker there. Uh, what do you think of his game, and uh, would he fit this defense? Yeah, I mean, I haven't seen them connected to him in any way, but obviously playing the linebacker position, it's one thing. So naturally, he's going to be someone who's connected to them, and with good reason. When I put the tape on with him, what I see is, you know, a bit of a do-it-all prospect. You know, mainly at Alabama, played the Sam position, was kind of, you know, spent the early downs chasing the ball carrier, would try to get after the quarterback on third and, and passing, and obvious passing situations, they put him in the position to rush the quarterback. I see some good speed and power to his game on tape. You know, has that ability to play on third down. You don't have to take him off the field, which teams love nowadays, obviously. Those linebackers that can play all three downs. He is someone who I'm comfortable playing in coverage. I think he has the ability to cover running backs and tight ends. I don't think he's helped himself that much throughout the process. You know, we all we got win that teams were a little disappointed that he didn't run the 40 at either um, the combine or at his pro day. I think they had some questions about his long speed. And he, he didn't answer them. I, I know team, a few teams were disappointed that. Another thing that would concern me with him is I think there's going to be a bit of a transition period with him. Now, a rule that Alabama asked him to play, it's not really something that translates to the next level where he was so focused on just chasing the ball carrier on early downs and then rushing uh, later on. It's not something you're going to be really doing at the next level. So I think as long as teams are patient with him, I, I think it can absolutely work out and he can put it all together. But I do think he's going to have to be brought along a little bit slower than most of the linebackers that we're seeing locked in the first or second round. 
All right, Justin, before we let you go, is there anybody else that you have seen the Titans tied to that we haven't talked about that you think makes for, you know, an interesting pick, whether it be, you know, on the first day or later in the draft? Uh, yeah, two guys I'll mention, and both would be, I think, day two or even day three guys, is edge rusher Dorrance Armstrong from Kansas. This is a guy who's a highly, highly athletic edge rusher, very, uh, very obvious why the Titans are doing their homework on him. You know, the, the measurables are just off the charts. Really, really long athlete. Got those long arms you want out of an edge rusher. He's a little bit raw, uh, you know, but the quickness and the short area burst are, are two things that are very evident on tape for me. Very, very edge, defend, uh, edge defender. When I say Fawn, he's also good against the run. He's someone who I thought um, was actually very good against the run. Surprised me in that area. Plays the game with a good motor. I think sometimes, you know, he's still kind of figuring it all out and putting it together. I think not, you know, he's got all the tools, but he's still figuring that out. He over, I kind of see him overthinking and over pursuing at times. But based on the athletic profile, there's a ton of upside here. Another guy, who um, and I know they've spent some time with who I actually really like. You know, we talked about them doing their homework on corners, where I don't think it makes sense to spend their first round pick on the corner. I would like to see them use maybe a third or fourth round pick. And one guy who makes a lot of sense is DJ Reed. This is a guy who's got 28 career pass breakups, uh, seven interceptions. Um, sorry, seven interceptions um, throughout his career at Kansas State. Very, very good player. Uh, I think he's an ideal nickel corner, a little bit undersized guy. Comes from the JUCO ranks, but he's someone if you haven't had a chance to watch the tape, I highly suggest that you find some time for him. Very, very good football player. I think he's someone who's going to outperform his draft position. And uh, if the Titans can get this guy in round three or even four. I think he's someone who's really going to pay them back for making that investment. Terry, you don't want to ask about John Kelly? Oh, yeah. We know we know how good John Kelly's going to be. I don't need Justin to tell me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that's someone, man, I love him. Whether you ask me or not, I'm going to put that out there. I love him. He's someone – I interviewed him about three weeks – I think it was about three weeks ago, and I had a blast with him, man. It was, I was actually right before the Combine. I spoke to him, and we were talking about the 40-yard dash and you know, how he was going to perform. You know, he's someone who I think, you know, plays a lot faster than he tested, and he, he knew that was going to be the case. One thing he said to me, and I absolutely loved his quote, the fun tidbit I'll give you guys how much fun this guy is. He said to me, right before he ran the 40-yard dash, he said, I wish they could put a linebacker behind me. I guarantee you I'd run a faster time if I had one of those guys chasing me down. And I loved it, man. We, I had such a good time with him. Really good kid. In my in my opinion, the meanest running back in this class, man. I'm I'm not betting against that guy. He's a bowling ball, man. I asked him why, you know, why is it so hard to bring him down? And he said simply, because I want it more than you do. <laughs> Absolutely. He's, I mean, he's one of the most fun guys to watch on tape. The dude just runs angry. Uh, he put the entire Tennessee offense on his back at times. Uh, you know, Butch Jones was just telegraphing runs up the middle, and he would just throw stiff arms. So, yeah, I mean, he he's coming into the NFL with the right mindset. Five uh, nine, just barely, you know, two hundred and five pounds. Uh, but yeah, I'm not like you said, I'm not betting against that guy for sure. Yeah, no, and and one thing, you know, I'm very lucky to be in a position where I actually get to interview so a lot of these kids and spend time with them and. You know, obviously, not, try not to make too many judgments based on one half-an-hour conversation. But uh, I'm lucky to kind of get that feel for a guy. And I'm telling you, man, I really, really enjoyed my time with him. He's someone who's a great personality, passionate, loves the game, and 
what you see is what you get. He's tough as nails. All right. Well, Justin, we really appreciate you taking the time over the last couple of days to talk draft with us. Again, you can follow Justin on Twitter at JustinM underscore NFL, and you can follow his work on the draft wire at the draft wire. Uh, Justin, maybe we can catch up after the draft. Maybe we have this class and kind of get your breakdown of, you know, what went right and what went wrong for the Titans and your idea on the prospects that they've got coming in. Absolutely. Yeah, I'll be around. You guys know where to find me. Sounds great. All right. And again, we appreciate you having us, you coming on with us. All right. So that'll do it for this episode of Locked On Titans. Uh, we really appreciate you listening. Again, you can subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher. Um, you can also follow us on Twitter. I'm at JMorrisMCM, Terror FB, podcast account at Locked On Titans. And again, follow Justin at JustinM underscore NFL Draft. So for Terry and Justin, this is Jimmy saying thanks for listening to Locked On Titans, and we'll talk to you next week. Thanks for listening to the Locked On Podcast Network, but why stop now? Check out the daily Locked On Podcast Network for your favorite NHL team. Find it right now in your favorite podcast app, and be sure to subscribe or follow so you never miss an episode. The Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. 